The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Hello and welcome back, my friends, as we take a few more minutes out of our day in God's Word, and I'm glad you're with us, and we're glad uh, you're together, and hopefully this will be an encouragement to you today as we've been going through the book of 2 Peter. Uh, If you're following along, we are in 2 Peter chapter number 2 as we evaluate a few verses today. Uh, Yesterday, we looked at the idea of the fact that sometimes there are just deceivers, deceivers in the church, deceivers in our life, uh, used of Satan uh, to bring lies in. They lie about the truth. They lie about good people, and they create their own truth in this idea to get their way. They often, they don't always look evil. Sometimes they might even look like to be one of the best people in church, but they're used of Satan somehow. Uh, to really bring destruction. And so what we talked about yesterday is kind of to keep an eye out for deceivers. Today, what we're going to look at, again, if you're digging deeper, as Peter wants in this passage, if, if God wants us and he's teaching us to dig deeper, digging deeper demands discernment, all right, that we're going to learn. And it, it's, it's going to come with time, experience, and things of that nature. But one of the things the Lord does in this passage that is intriguing was he talks about the importance of being discerning to deceivers, knowing what's right, going to verse 20, 21 of chapter 1, talking about the truth of the Bible, the Bibles that we hold to, but there are people who will tell you the opposite. And he reminds us that it doesn't make a difference if it's a preacher or a or someone else random in the church, or someone not even in the church coming in. Uh, it doesn't matter who's speaking. Are they true to the God, word of God? Are they giving you a new thought? Or are they giving you a biblical thought? Is their actions, are their actions biblical? If you've got someone who's angry and spewing anger towards someone else, well, that should make you wonder. If he's so angry and so gossipy and so, or she judgmental, towards someone else, you should wonder why. I mean, that approach is just not biblical. So he's helping us to see a level of discernment in that. But then what he does is he takes a few verses here and he talks kind of at a two-pronged point of one, what God does to people like this, showing God's judgment will come, and he gives examples of that, and then how he helps to bring the righteous through this. And so let's go down to verse chapter 2. Uh, verse 4. So he got done talking about these people and the punishment they'll bring, and then he gives examples of it in verse 4. He says, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. So he starts off, I mean, these aren't even created humans, these are angels. These were people that were in his presence. He goes, even the angels, when they made the decision, were were not spared. This is truth. Then he goes on to verse 5, And he spared not the old world, but the original creation, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in, the, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. The old world, the world prior to the flood, the world was very different before the flood. The, you know, the ozone was different, the atmosphere was different, it hadn't rained up to this point. Uh, people lived longer for a lot of reasons. Um, hundreds of years, hundred, hundreds of years of this type of life where God had given them really a, an, an awesome area, but these people chose to walk away from God completely. And he says, in this situation, I'm done. I'm going to take this one righteous man, and I'm going to, he and his family are going to be protected, and I'm going to start over with them. This is what God said. He spared not them. Then in verse 6, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into the ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them examples unto those that, are after, that after should live ungodly. So he gives three examples of the reality of God. Now, a lot of times people make this comment, I'm going to go Old Testament on you or something. We go back and then we look at this 
um, these harder pictures of what God did. I hope we understand something. This, this is not the evil God of the Old Testament. We see the gracious God of the New Testament. Um, this, is, this is God. We look at grace and we live in this age of grace and we enjoy the aspect of grace in our life. But the fact is this, you can't have grace without holiness. You can't have grace and mercy without justice. You see, the one thing you have to understand when you look at every one of these situations, every one of them, God gave them an opportunity. You know, you think about the angels in heaven. They, they saw God face to face. Yeah, they followed Lucifer, but this is not a matter of people who even had to live by faith. They saw God face to face, and yet they still made a decision. Deception came in. You think about the people in the days of Noah. It took over 100 years for Noah to build that boat. He preached at them constantly. The people had over a hundred years to turn and get back to God. Then you go back to Sodom and Gomorrah, and, and there's this debate between Abraham and Jesus and, and, and God where they're really debating if you would just if there's just ten righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah, will you save? And he's absolutely he gave so many opportunities. Now in the fact, you have to see the grace that was through all of these. The decisions God gave were like these people made decisions, and they continued to make decisions no matter how many times we kept, I kept telling them not to. Here's the premise. In today's reality, we must recognize that while God is a gracious God, He's not an inferior God. While God is a gracious God, He's not inept. He's not nervous. He's not afraid. He's not a people pleaser. He's not a, you know, he doesn't, you know, he's not comparing. He's not favoring one person over another. He believes in right and wrong. Now, when wrong has been committed, he gives time and time again, grace and mercy and grace and mercy and grace and mercy. But there will always come time to people, uh, to nations, always come time when they constantly refuse to say no to God, at some point there will become judgment. It's just a fact. We know in the tribulation time there's going to be judgment on this earth. Now, does this paint an evil picture of God? No, it paints a just picture of God. You see, if somebody committed a heinous crime against you, you'd want justice, and you should want justice. That person deserves it. So we get this idea that we want people who commit crimes against us to get justice, but not when it goes to God. Please understand, our system is even more stringent than God. God is gracious. He continues to offer grace, not just mercy, grace, giving us something we don't deserve, helping us when we really deserve the judgment, the justice side of it. So we look at this, but we have to understand though, we don't understand our condition as a sin. We don't understand the need to get right with God so many times because the kind of watered down some aspects of American Christianity look at God as inept. Like, like he works for us, like it's no big deal. He is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the great I am. And this picture is not painting an evil God. It's not painting um, a reactive God. It's painting a just God. But let me tell you what he does. So he's, so he's got what he does and, and, and people he's gone at. These people that he has shown this justice to had multiple opportunities and constantly chose against God. But here's what he says in the next couple of verses, what he does to people in these scenarios who in, in these rough times stood right, stood for God. Verse 7, he delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. I mean, Lot was consumed with this. He was surrounded by it. His family, you know, when you go down to Abraham saying if there's 10 just people in the city, there's likely 10 just in Lot's family. And, and Lot had just, he was saved. We know that the Bible says his righteous soul was vexed by, from day to day. But his family fell in love with this. He put him in a bad spot. And God delivered him in spite of himself. That, talk about the mercy there. And then verse 8, For the righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. He, he was constantly vexed, but he just was unwilling to make the right decision. 
Verse 9, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation, and to reserve the just unto the day of judgment to be punished. So he gives a clear point. He goes, listen, even in the situation where Lot was wrong where he was, God still brought grace to them. These other people just refused to even acknowledge the existence of God. So we look at this holiness of God. And we need to acknowledge the holiness of God. By the way, if you have been saved, you are with Lot, surrounded by a world that is desiring filth and glorifying uh, sin and really pushing down in any right. If you do right, you believe morality, you believe in biblical morality, you are, are we're, we're heading in our, in our world in our country where you're not considered good. You're many times considered intolerant. The world is pushing and glorifying a, a life and sin that God said is wrong. So we look at this, no matter where the world goes, we can stand right. That's the thing. We can stand right. But God has said, listen, in the midst of this, I will take care of you. I will protect you. I will pull you out. Lot didn't deserve this, but he did. He was able to be pulled out. And his family made their own decision. His wife made her own decision. And that's where it comes down to our decisions and what we're going to do. But when we dig deep into it, we have to understand discernment. But we also have to understand that when people decide to deceive, when people decide to go against God and against his church, God is not oblivious to that. God is not unaware of that. And God will take care of that. He says, you know, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. So what do we do? We just keep moving forward for God. We just keep loving God. We just keep going the right direction. Let God deal with the things that we can. It's not worth it. It's not worth living in anger. It's not worth living in frustration. Let God deal with that. Hopefully, they'll come to reconciliation. That is God's desire, and that should be our desire. But our desire is just to continue to move forward, love each other, love the community, love God, and keep moving forward. That should be our desire. That's what God wants. That's what he exhibited when he's on the earth, and that's what we should strive to go after. Uh, in the midst of seeing the great holiness of God and the great sometimes justice of God, we constantly see the grace of God. Even in this, it's pointed to the grace of God. If we understand the severity and the reality of our sin, the grace of God becomes even more amazing. Aren't you glad that in, the spite, in spite of the fact that we are still filthy, rotten sinners, His grace is still enough. His grace still amazes me. And uh, I'm so glad that He still offers that. Thanks again for joining us today as we spend a few minutes in God's Word. Greatly appreciate the time, opportunity, be part of your day. We really hope it's a help, hope it's an encouragement. Hope you look to God, and no matter what you're going through, hope this month is going well for you. I hope you're keeping your eyes focused on Jesus and trusting. He's got a plan, He loves you, and he, He's going to work it out. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.